Hello everybody, welcome to Ladies Who, our upcoming podcast on feminism, theatre and making work as a woman in the creative industries. We are your hosts, Charlotte and Chloe, and we make up Bite Theatre, an unapologetically female theatre company challenging the London-centric and androcentric notions of the arts. Absolutely. So, why do we want to make this podcast? Go on, Chloe, start us off. Well, we both love an art air, don't we, to be honest? (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, well, why don't we just spice it up a bit and speak about our experiences as women and let other people have a brew while listening to us having a good old natter. Definitely. I think for me, um, it's like a, I'm at like a phase in my life where I'm, I'm really like learning a lot about feminism and about my place in the world as a woman and sort of what I can do and achieve. And I'm unlearning a lot of stuff that I didn't even realise sort of all that internalised misogyny. Didn't realise it was in there. But it is, and I'm unlearning it, and I'm trying my best, but it's quite hard. Um, but one thing that massively, I think, helped me on that journey is being able to sit down with you um, whenever we can, have a brew, and talk it out. So I think it's quite nice to put those thoughts out into the world and share them. Definitely, yeah. That's such a good point, actually. We've literally been talking for, like, 30 seconds, but it's so true. Like, I remember when, like we went to uni, we met at uni, for all you listeners, and um, we met at uni, and we studied together, um, but I remember moving to uni, and being like, whoa, I'm such like, I'm such a bad bitch, independent woman living on my own, woo, and then like, I started to realise that actually, like, I labelled myself as a feminist, when I think I didn't actually believe a lot of stuff, and I hadn't unpicked like any of my like beliefs as a feminist because I was too young and like this last year I think has been really like pivotal like for me (laughs) in like um really coming to terms and like finding my voice as a feminist and as a young woman and I think I believe a lot of the stuff I preach more now than when I did when I was like 18 it's interesting that you bring that up about finding your voice that's something that I still think that I struggle with um just like I ended up, like it's the same thing like I came to university and I knew that I was a feminist but I don't think I quite knew what that meant and I don't think I knew how that was going to interact with the work that I made um and I don't think I like had really like stepped back and taken a look and I didn't understand like how deep into my life and the systems in which we live and how it impacted everything sort of thing I have that perspective now that's something that is very important I think is to find your voice and to speak up so it's one of the reasons that I think it's it's nice to be making this podcast and be speaking about it what's it going to be about what's this podcast going to be about all things feminism and theatre and also works are creative we're like both very early in our careers and um, we have both only graduated last year and I kind of say graduated lightly because of everything <laughs> that's gone on in the last year like yeah, we, degree we still not had that graduation like, I'm so mad I wanted that moment but <laughs> you know um but yeah like I think we've learned a lot already in this last year about the industry about feminism, about working as freelancers. I know you're still studying, Charlotte, but for me, I've had 
the last kind of eight months have been really challenging in like I've been thrown in the deep end in freelance at the worst time ever in the industry I think it would be really good to kind of share them experiences with people and also show people that things aren't linear things don't always go perfectly which has been the last year for me <laughs> you know but that's life as a creative in the industry at the moment isn't it yeah it's really hard I mean it's always been a really interesting industry and one that massively fascinates me but a hard industry and this year has made it even harder but it, you're right it has been a massive learning curve for both of us I think and I, I wish that someone had sat me down and told me what it was going to be like um, before we left and, you know, had to basically rethink everything and reframe all of our work. Um, and obviously, you know, with a bit of luck, we'll be back to normal soon and people who are graduating in the future won't have to do that. But there's, there's still a steep learning curve and there's still a lot of things we'll have to overcome and adapt to. So. Yeah, I think it's interesting to have those conversations. It's interesting, and I like knowing the behind the scenes of how people made work and how they came to be and how they established themselves. I think it's very interesting. So, hopefully, we'll be able to establish us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then there'll be a nice little document, like like sort of documenting our our journey. Like, not saying we're not established, we're not very recognised yet if that makes sense. Yeah. We're still in our early days as a company, but hopefully it would be nice to look back on and sort of document our journey to like everything we'd like to achieve. Yeah, definitely. The word established is like really um, interesting. It's kind mm. of like on the same breadth as like emerging and there's like this whole stigma around being an emerging artist and like not being able to call yourself a professional because you only graduated so long ago. And I think that's something I really learned is like, you're always like going to be emerging or you're always going to be reestablishing yourself because there's always an area that you've not reached yet or there's always an area that you are still learning in. So I think like, yeah, I think we'll probably end up talking about that in more depth, but it is yeah. like... That's really interesting. I'm thinking about like gatekeeping words as like creatives and like people being reluctant to call themselves professional. But oh yeah, say like if you were a qualified bricklayer, like, and you just graduated college or whatever, you'd still say you're a bricklayer, like. Yeah, because you are. You've earned that title. You've done the work, and you have the certification. And we've done the work, and we have a certification in our our chosen subject it just happens to be a creative subject but then we still have a massive issue saying that we were established artists I just did I just was like oh and panicked this is it came out of my mouth yeah but recently we've been running this theater company for a year we've been making work for a year um so we are yeah but we are it's a really it's a really nuanced subject I think and it's yeah a hard one and what even is established realistically? When are you established? Yeah. Is it when you start making money or is it when you get a reputation or is it when people, you get a big following? Yeah, it's like everyone uses that word emerging to like almost discredit the work that they've done or to like stay humble yeah. in a way. Yeah, like dampen down the achievement there. Yeah. It's the early achievement, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think you can expect a lot of conversations like that. <laughs> about sort of the arts world and 
yeah. our practices as well separately. Do you want to talk a little bit about maybe your practice? Yeah, so my practice is in dance and musical theatre. I do a lot of work in contemporary dance. I've done quite a few festivals like Light Night and Zuppa Dust and Arts Council Collection. I've done a lot of Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of independent freelance stuff with We Want Women. Yeah, a lot of my work is very contemporary dancey. Um and a lot of self-love kind of stuff as well. I've had a really interesting journey as a dancer, um, finding my sense of like self and self-love. Um, so that's something that kind of underpins everything that I do basically what's your practice about <laughs> um my practice <laughs> so i'm an artist and performer um my degree was in drama and theater studies and i'm currently working towards my master's degree um in performance which i think is a slightly misleading title because whenever i tell people i'm doing performance they think i'm doing musical theater and honestly, all I can say is I wish. <laughs> unlike, <laughs> unlike Chloe, I can't dance. <laughs> I'm not a dancer. You're a strong mover. <laughs> strong mover, as Chloe calls me. I might put on my CV. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not a dancer. Um, but no, my uh, course is practice is research based course, um, and we learn a lot about like performance art and lots of interdisciplinary work practices research itself if anyone knows about it will anyone listening knows about it they'll know that it's a very broad subject it's quite hard to pin down but basically the idea of it is that I, I make the work as my way to explore the topic my current work is focusing on collections which is a topic of interest I've always found to be quite fascinating but I've only recently like sort of actually started exploring it through my work I'm just very interested in sort of what things people like to hold on to and collect and how they organize them and I'm interested in you know what's the difference between someone collecting something at home for personal reasons and then the work that is put in a museum or a gallery as a collection and you know that distinction between an item and an artifact you know what gives these items value other than the fact that we've put them on this pedestal in this place where they're being displayed. And then from that, I also started thinking about gender and how gender can affect people, like collections. I started thinking about how people who identify as female or have had like a female experience, like we basically just have all of this stuff marketed at us, all these products, and it's all just goo basically. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, because I do enjoy a bit of goo, but we have so much of it. And we just acquire all these products and are constantly, you know, sold more. I don't know about you, we're constantly trying to find the next one that will work better. You know, we acquire all these things and we collect them and we organise them in our bathrooms and cupboards and makeup bags and stuff. And we take them with us as well when we go places, which is a separate collection in itself, if you have a little makeup bag in your bag. And we build routines around them as well. It's almost like a ritual every morning, every night when you get ready and stuff. So I've been exploring that and how gender can play a role in people's collections. So yeah, it's quite a broad subject, but one that I'm finding very interesting to explore. That's so interesting. <laughs> Do you hold goo? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, like in all seriousness, though, like that's so so interesting because it's like then like products then become like a really like intrinsic part of who we are and how we identify as women as well. Yeah, like, you just never think about that kind of stuff, do you? And then your minds just learn. What about you? Do you want to talk a little bit more about the self-love stuff? Because I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, sure. So um, I'm sure we'll talk about kind of my journey another time. Um, But yeah, I kind of, as a dancer, it's a really well-known industry for having a lot of issues with body positivity and self-esteem and all those kinds of things, but I am in the process of making a self-love program that combines guided meditation, improvisation, and self-love techniques and also debates um, to empower young women and enable them to take their first step to self-love. I'm hoping that it will be accessible for everyone. It's not just for dancers or people that have experience with movement at all. It's just kind of about finding that space within yourself to move and allowing yourself to let go into that meditative state to kind of get that deeper connection with your body. It's very interesting. And I like myself as a strong mover. (laughs) can still be involved yeah absolutely we can have our strong movers (laughs) everyone is welcome (laughs) yeah that's nice though I I like it I like that it's very inclusive especially with everything that you're talking about with you know loving your body the way that it is absolutely and I think dance is such an exclusive art form for a lot of people and bodies like body appearance wise um ability wise like disability wise I just want to make something that's accessible for anyone and everyone really ensure that dance is for anyone as long as you want to get involved with it really so I'll ask you one more question um shall we talk a little bit about how we came together to start by and why we started it and sort of what work we'll be making alongside this podcast yeah, so we met at university um, and I was running the Musical Theatre Society. <laughs> I was a theatre kid, I still am. <laughs> I just love it. Um, and I was running it in my second year and Charlotte came on board to help me run the society. So we worked together through there and then we've just been friends for years, haven't we? Um, and then in third year, we specialised in applied theatre practices, which is like going and doing workshops with communities and marginalised people and all of that kind of stuff. So we started off initially as a youth theatre collective, doing a lot of like musical theatre work with children. So our placement was working with a youth organisation in Liverpool, creating socially conscious musical theatre. But then we had to stop our placement early because of the pandemic. And then I think a lot of our priorities shifted a little bit. We both became more conscious of our own feminism and our own attitudes and wanted to bring that to the company. Um, so we decided to rebrand after kind of six months of not knowing where the company was going and not really making a lot of work but still wanting to work together we just decided to completely rebrand 
But yes, that's where we are now. Um, it's been a real journey, um, but I'm really excited to create exciting feminist theatre. I think our practices are so different. Like it's going to be really interesting to see like where our practices can overlap and where we can take inspiration from each other and like how that can come together. It's really interesting and it's it has been a massive learning curve again, Definitely. massive journey. Um, and it was hard to rebrand. I didn't enjoy any part of it because <laughs> it felt really like it is one of those periods of it's very tumultuous, isn't it? It's yeah. it's difficult to navigate and you're constantly worried if you're doing the right thing. But I think reframing was definitely the right thing for us because now we are so excited about the work that we're making and we get to incorporate a lot more different kinds of work. I will always love teaching and I don't think that'll ever stop and I don't think we'll stop teaching. But <laughs> musical theatre is not my strong point. Um, <laughs> I'm a strong mover. Um, yeah, it's not my strong point and... I have a huge love for performance art and installation and all of those things. And I now get to bring that to the company, which, and you get to bring your dance as well and your background. I think it's a lot more interesting, a lot more free and to have that scope. Yeah, definitely. I think it just widens the possibilities to what we can, the work we can create. Yeah. Um, I remember when we first kind of went into rebranding and it, it felt really personal um, yeah. to kind of go from this like first idea as a company because that's ultimately what it was we like made the company like obviously during our third year and like it was first made like for an assessment so like but we always knew that we were gonna continue it like we we want ultimately we had to have the idea of starting a company anyway yeah. and I wanted to get in on it and we just so we we saw this opportunity of this assessment where we, we had to build a theatre company anyway. We yeah. saw it as a, well, let's use this as an opportunity to build our theatre company. Yeah. We'll use this placement as our first project and we'll go from there, which I, th I still think was a good idea and yeah, I would recommend definitely. to people. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, I just think, like, see every opportunity, like, as you're studying at uni, like, as a chance to, like, do something for your career. Like, I know, like, when, you, when you're in the rut of uni and I know it's, it's different because <laughs> now I'm on the other side of graduation I see it completely differently but like you graduate like really knowing what you want your practice to be but also having like credits and pieces of work that you really stand by like there are some pieces of work I created even in first year which was what three years ago now that I would still stand by today like because mm. they're in my repertoire of what I still work on now. So I just think, yeah, it's really important, like, to see uni as that chance to, like, really develop your career. Because you're paying too much for it at the end of the day. <laughs> so it's like, you may as well come up with a few pieces of work that you exactly. like. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. A few nice pieces of work on me about, that you can show off about. To so conclude... All of those topics that we have rambled on about <laughs> will be full yeah. podcasts. I'm sure yes. we'll cover them um, completely. We're kind of hoping to cover all sorts from feminism and feminist issues to career stuff, like being your own boss, working as a freelancer. <laughs> I say being your own boss loosely because it's a struggle. Giving <laughs> girl boss vibes there. <laughs> no, I was like trying to say everything, but like, Boss babe, 
and it just but like actually genuinely working as a freelancer and managing yeah. yourself and your time and lots of sort of socially and politically engaged chats um nice bit of banter <laughs> art world um performance feminism the creative industries all that good stuff it should be interesting all that over a good cuppa yeah so that's what you can expect from us if you hadn't already picked up on it which i'm sure you have our name ladies who is a bit of a play on the well-known idiom ladies who lunch we're obviously just changing the last word so every week we have a different word which we'll sort of focus our topic on it'll be ladies who dot 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 and you'll see how that works a bit more when we get into it but that's just the vibe we've gone for because we do a lot more than eat lunch thank you everybody for listening if you've enjoyed this please keep up to date there'll be lots more content and updates about when you can expect new episodes on our social media you can follow us at Bite Theatre on Instagram and Facebook. And on Twitter, it is Bite Theatre underscore. So if you have any topic suggestions or anything, you can slide in them DMs on social media, or you can also send us an email using Liverpool at gmail.com. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope you give us a listen very, very soon. <laughs>